back. <laughs> Welcome to the woods, a podcast about the legendary. No, it's not. Is it? Fuck! It's been two weeks. <laughs> I forget it already. Sandy, you do it. Welcome to the woods, a podcast about the mysterious, the legendary, and the plain weird. Because you never know what you're gonna find in the woods. I'm Sandy, and I'm Shazney. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wrote the intro, and that's why I remember it, and you don't. I don't know, like, it was, we didn't even decide that you were gonna say it, it just kinda happened. Yeah, you're right. I do always say it. It's about time you have your turn. I mean, I don't really care, I wrote it. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, it's been a while, hey? Yeah, we didn't put out an episode last week. Again, we didn't tell anyone. LOL. Uh, mainly because, uh... We were planning to, and then our friends were over. For some reason, we were with Gabby. And then I was like, oh, Sandy, I have no idea when I'm going to be able to come over. Like, F's such a busy week. And then Gabby was like, just don't put out an episode. And, and we I were like, like, okay. Great idea. Well, <laughs> no, wasn't that D&D? It could have been. Yeah. The first time? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. Okay, so shouts out to Gabby. If you have any yeah. complaints about not having uh, you an episode. can call Gabby. Her phone number is <laughs> <laughs> email <laughs> address <laughs> social security number. <laughs> so yeah, you can take it up with her. <laughs> so Sadie, how was your week? Two oh weeks. How god. was your two weeks? Oh my god, it was the worst. Well, first thing, sorry. Okay. But we did a live episode actually last week. We did. Um, a lot of people missed it, so we had like a few people tune in. And at first, I honestly thought people just didn't want to watch us go live, and I'm like, <laughs> that's fine. I understand. <laughs> but then after, everyone's like, oh, I missed it or whatever. Like, put the audio out, and I was like, I was kind of surprised actually. I didn't think people yeah. actually wanted that content, but thank you. Yeah, no, it was such a great time. It was fun, yeah, you you missed out. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Dylan and Megan in the comments. They were the best. They were so funny. So what we had done, which we'll release the audio, I don't know if it's, it probably won't be before this, probably after this, but um, we, I have this book from our friend Seema, who was on the podcast in the end of December. She yep. did the big top monstrosities episode with us and she found this book at a little free library and it is a a book of erotic ghost stories because why wouldn't there be a book of erotic ghost stories as most erotic writings uh you know they're not written very well and uh excuse you that was (laughs) the best piece of literature i have ever read oh so sorry sandy's an expert (laughs) so she would know (laughs) uh i am (laughs) I, I wouldn't know. I'm I mean, illiterate. I was an English major <laughs> I, I, once before switching. <laughs> I have never taken a literature class in my entire life. <laughs> to be honest, I like, there's a reason I switched, okay? I like didn't even read half the books I had to read. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Uh, so yeah, they were really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we release the audio, and if you would like us to do another one, even if it's not live, just a little bonus episode where we read some more of those erotic ghost stories, let us know. 
You can get our email at the end of this episode. Okay, Sandy, that was your week. Oh, um, <laughs> before that, shout out oh. to the Carol sisters because they gave us an iTunes review. Oh, Murder Street. Yeah. Murder Street. Okay, so I, I do want to say, if you are from a country that is not Canada or the U.S., and you have reviewed us on iTunes, thank you so much. The reason we have not shouted you out is because we can't see reviews from other countries. No. Which really sucks. Just We've only figured out Canada and the U.S. so far. Um, and even then, we don't check them all the time, because neither of us even have... A- like iTunes or no, podcasts. neither one of us have iPhones. <laughs> yeah, iPhones. I usually go on my mom's phone. <laughs> yeah, but also like, it's just this huge hassle to switch from Canadian iTunes to you, like U.S. iTunes. I don't know who I'm supposed to complain to about this, but they will receive a letter. Yeah, from if me. you are listening to this and it's you who we are supposed to complain to about Fuck this, you. <laughs> fix it now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so hopefully we figure that out at some point. I've heard mm-hmm. little secrets going around in the podcasting community that you can actually uh, see if you've been reviewed in other countries. Uh, we need to figure that out at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I got my tooth taken out. And it was the worst thing ever. <laughs> I... I thought it would be okay, but I was very mistaken. Oh my god! It just hurt so bad. I know. And through the middle of it, I, I started to feel them drilling into my jaw, Ugh. and it was awful, and I hated it. But on the bright side, uh, my face isn't swollen anymore. You know, yesterday Angela came over, and she's like, "It looks like you have another cheek, like right before, oh right below god. this one. It's like." Here's this bump that's your cheek, and then here's this other one. Like, you look so funny. I was like, thanks. I'm in pain. You you honestly, I seen you the other day, and you didn't look that bad, so. Like, the first day, and then the second yeah. day, I looked so bad. <laughs> I, every time I looked in the mirror, <clears throat> I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and then, okay, oh you know gosh. the new Snapchat filter? Yeah. Okay, so I went to you know, make myself look like a guy or whatever. And so it does this thing where it, like, kind of squares your jaw. Yeah. Okay, well, I looked even more swelled up <laughs> because I was already swelled up in the first place. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, anyway, I'm feeling a lot better. I wasn't as swelled up as long as I thought I'd be. Recovery period was shorter than I thought it'd be, so that's good. Though mm-hmm. I still can't eat chips, which really sucks because yeah, I really sad. want to. Soon enough. Soon. Yeah. What about you? Okay, so, um, I discovered, like, okay, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, like, our friends and stuff, so mm-hmm. that we could do reviews for them and all that jazz, um, but I found one that I absolutely am obsessed with. Which one? It is called Broken Alaska. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They are hilarious. So, it's actually a really cool premise, so, uh, they're just, like, this group of people that decided to do this like improvised radio show so like they kind of have their set in it's based in this fictional town called broken in alaska and they're all just different like townsfolk and each episode they kind of have just this different 
kind of problem that they're working towards, <laughs> but it's all improvised, and you wouldn't be able to tell. Huh. It seems scripted. Like, I'm sure it's not. I'm not saying that it is, but that's how good they are. Is that, Oh, like, I'm jealous. I wish I was that good at improv. Right? Oh my gosh. I love it so much. The characters are fantastic because of the actors that play them, and it's just a really fun time. So I highly recommend you go check them out, especially, like, my podcast background, like, from how I got into them was because of Welcome to Night Vale, mm-hmm. and they give me serious, like, Welcome to Night Vale vibes. Oh, just nice. less of the, like, super weirdness. There is some weirdness, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. more of, like, the actual, like, you feel like you're in this town with these people. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's so cool. I am flabbergasted. They are amazing. And I'm me. just about done both seasons. So then after that, I'll get back to review another podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was listening to Folklore on the Rocks. So I'm like, there. They are so good. I know. I was listening to them, and I was like, I need to shut them out at their next, I mean, our next episode. And I forgot until you brought out useful things. <laughs> so shout out to Folklore, Folklore on the Rocks. Rocks. Another one that I have been thinking about a lot. I am going mm-hmm. to get back to them right after I finish Broken Alaska. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Which won't be a, like, it, it'll probably be like tomorrow, to be honest. Oh my gosh, I've been obsessed. But uh, yeah, I listened to an episode of theirs. Um, honestly, I kind of remember it because that was like a week ago. I remember at this point was they were talking about, uh, Final Fantasy and video games. And that was the day that the Final Final Fantasy VII remake trailer kind of thing came out. And I was like, oh, I'm going to message them and be like, guys, did you see this? But then I forgot. Now it's been a week. So that's old news. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've been putting out a few reviews. Uh, so have I. I forget who we've reviewed so far. I did uh, Tenish Pod, ten, ten ish podcast. They're really cool. They do like top ten lists. Oh, nice! I yes. love top ten. Same. I think I said that in my review. I was like, "There's um, there's only like one thing I love more than top ten lists, and that's podcasts. So this one is perfect, or oh. something like that." <laughs> No, I re- yeah, I listened to one about um, music that was popular in the 80s or 90s. Hmm. 90s? I think it was the 90s. They talked about the 90s a lot. Um, and how, like, which ones are still popular today. It, yeah, it was really cool. They talked about Nirvana. I was like, I love oh, Nirvana. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tennis Pod. I did a few others, too. But... I have this feeling that maybe it takes a while for reviews to show up. Could be. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it works. So, yeah, I have a list. I have a list of, like, things that I've reviewed and haven't reviewed yet. So, I've been working my way. If you would like a review. Or a promo swap. We haven't had those in a while. Oh, yeah. I was going to message someone about one. Okay, or good. a few people. So, we got to do that after we were done recording. Yes, Loki, we gotta do that. Um, yeah. Anyway, my week. Other than Broken Alaska. Uh, what did I do? Oh my gosh. I think I subbed today. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, work stuff. Oh, my new position at work. Ambassador of fun. <laughs> <laughs> we were at the staff meeting and I was like, 
we talk about like work or something or expectations i have no idea and i was like man you know what i'd like just go into work and making sure of like i have a good time like i like to have fun and be in a good mood and stuff because my other jobs are like way too stressful for me to like not have a good time at my other job <laughs> and then my boss was like yeah you're right you know we used to have because i worked there in high school too um way back in the day like five years ago <laughs> that's a long time ago. i'm really old i think our some of our listeners probably think we're like 12 year olds no we're, we're well, old some of our podcast friends are older than us and i always forget. yeah yeah oh we're not that old <laughs> i keep saying i'm so old anyway um She's like, yeah, you're right. We used to have so much fun. You know, if you want, you can take on that role and make sure that we do fun things again. Like, we used to have, like, egg hunts at Easter time or, oh, fun. like, scavenger hunts around the, uh, the store and stuff. And I was like, heck yeah, I will. And I have dubbed myself the ambassador of fun. I love that. I haven't told any of my coworkers yet that yet. So. You should just, like, put a sticker on your name tag. Yeah, I should. Of fun. I should. See how long it takes people to notice. <laughs> Some people says like post office. Some say like supervisor or pharmacy yeah, assistant. Exactly. Mine says ambassador, ambassador of fun. fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and I don't know if I did this yet, but shout out to Billy, my coworker, oh, yeah. who has like listened to all thirty of our episodes. Yay! She showed up to our live stream for a little bit because she was actually going into work for me, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so you could live stream. <laughs> I gave hey, her my fan. share. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a she's a boss. She's awesome. So, Fire merch. Yeah, thank you, Billy. You're the best. Rock off. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh gosh. Other than that. I have no idea what's what's been happening. I don't know. Um, I have something for Loki. Yeah, Loki. Loki. So it was Loki's uh, birthday a few weeks ago. So I got him Loki. some little trees. <gasps> Loki, what are those? Are those for your birthday? They're cookie treat things. They Yummy. are. Those look actually really good. They do. They look like Reese's peanut butter cups. I think they were peanut butter something yeah they're from molly's bakery they sell it at PetSmart. loki do you want a cookie i'll take a picture and put it on the yes. story because that's what we do around here there we go okay loki you want a cookie he's like what's that they smell like nothing oh <laughs> that sucks Oh my god, they're so cute. Oh, uh, they smell like nothing because they're in packaging. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> oh, they smell sweet. Loki, what's the smell? Okay, <laughs> well, you lick that one so you're getting that one. Oh, I want to eat it. It looks so good. I know it does. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, smell that. Oh, that smells good. What's that, Loki? <laughs> Are we sure these are dog trees? Because they smell better than a dog tree. There you go, Loki. Go. Go eat it on your bed. So, yeah, there's this little treat. Happy birthday, Loki. Oh, they're so cute. They are. They're like a high, fire hydrant. Okay, like, Sandy, make sure you share with Loki. <laughs> I just eat them. <laughs> yeah. What's in them? 
<laughs> Poison. Crushed <laughs> peanuts, uh, vanilla, coconut. I'm just saying I could probably eat this. <laughs> I'm not going to. But. Oh, we totally could. This is all stuff that we eat. Exactly. So... You want one? Let, let's have that. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon exclusive, Sandy and Chesney eat dog treats. <laughs> I'm sure people would pay money to see that. Totally. Okay. So, yeah. Sandy, what do you got for us this week? Do you want to uh, explain the uh, content to what we're covering? We're talking about scams today. At oh, first, yeah. I wanted to talk about, like, Craigslist or, like, Kijiji ads gone wrong mm-hmm. and, like, that ended up with murder or something. Oh, my God. One happened the other day. Actually? Oh, like, it's not good. I mean, I know it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not even something to be excited about. Okay, oh, so man. this was probably in the U.S. because I can't remember where it was. <laughs> probably in the U.S. So this woman who was pregnant, like, quite a bit pregnant. Oh! Did you hear about it? Yeah. She was very pregnant. She went to get, she. there was an ad for free baby clothes, so she went to get it, and then she went missing for, like, three weeks. But the police got this phone call that... There was this infant, like, brand new baby born, little baby, baby born, I don't know, baby, a a baby, (laughs) a newborn baby. And it wasn't, like, breathing properly and stuff, so, like, they took him to the hospital and stuff. Well, like, three weeks later, they found this woman behind the house, obviously dead, Mm -hmm. and, like, no baby, because they obviously cut the baby out of her. Yeah, I did hear about that. That's so messed up. I know. So, uh, to the people that did that to that woman and that baby, fuck you. Yeah. Burn in hell. That's awful. Satan, our buddy, our good old friend. She was a teenager, too. Yeah, she was 19. Yeah. But yeah, Satan, our buddy, our good old friend, will make sure you have a real, real nice time in hell. Yeah, Satan doesn't condone that kind of behavior. Nuh-uh. Not today. Not tomorrow. Never. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So anyway, scams. So I was searching, and I'm like, I just, I don't know what story to do. And then I remembered <laughs> this Dr. Phil episode. Oh my gosh. So I, I got it. I got the story I want to talk about. So today, I bring to you Jilly Juice. Do you know what Jilly Juice is? <gasps> I heard of this. This is so good. You told me about I, this. I, yes. You I love did. this. I do love, I mean, I don't condone this. <laughs> But I love this. I, yeah, I totally. I think I've seen one of the little YouTube five minute tidbits from the. But Dr. I did Phil tell episode. you this, and I remember a while. Like I think when we just started this podcast, I said I want to talk about this, yes. but I don't know where to fit it in. So then I just kind of accepted the fact that maybe I would never talk about this on the podcast, and I wasn't even thinking about this when I said, "Hey, let's talk about scams," mm-hmm. and then this just came to me. Okay. So, for those of you who don't know, Jilly Juice is a brine solution of cabbage juice. That is left in a warm room for three days. Its creator, Jillian May, claims that this juice releases candida from the body and by drinking two liters of juice every day, that's a gallon, a person can be cured of anything. So this includes cancer, HIV, autism, Down syndrome, and homosexuality. Wow. So for those of you who don't know, can... Candida is a yeast that grows inside of our intestines, Mm -hmm. and it is completely harmless. 
Uh, Jillian, In fact, we need it. Yes, we do need it. Uh, Jillian claims that Jilly Juice can even regrow lost limbs. However, it shouldn't be surprising that, or like, it shouldn't be surprising to anyone that this juice does none of these things. Um, what? I know. Oh my god, I've been on the Jilly Juice diet for like five weeks. Are you okay? <laughs> Uh, so, unfortunately, these claims have gained the support of tens of thousands of people, but she has also received a shit ton of negative attention, specifically from the Better Business Bureau. Fair. <laughs> so, Jillian, uh, she's from Ohio and claims that she cr- cured herself of chronic illnesses and no longer suffers from allergies because of the juice. Jillian also claims that the root of all human disease is the candida, which grows in, in our intestines which, again, is harmless, but she claims that this is actually a gut parasite that her juice cures. Uh-huh. So you'd think that if she had such wild claims that she would have the evidence to prove it or have a medical background. Well, she doesn't. Of course. She can't provide any evidence to back up these claims, and she doesn't have any medical background to give her any kind of credibility. So the juice is made up of cabbage, water, and a whole lot of salt. So those are the only three ingredients. And she's claiming that this can, like, regrow limbs. You blend it and allow it to ferment at room temperature for a few days and then drink two liters a day to expel the parasites. Uh, Parasites that aren't there uh, via waterfalls, a.k.a. diarrhea. Except that she claims that it's not diarrhea. I don't even think it would do anything to the bacteria in your gut probably not but yeah it gives you a lot of bacteria and like in her facebook groups a lot of people will take a picture of their like like diarrhea filled toilet and be like look at all this stuff i'm like expelling from my body like so great detox it's like no you just gave yourself diarrhea uh so this juice has no nutritional benefits at all and it has way too much salt so consuming two liters a day can cause severe reactions So some symptoms include nausea, headaches, dizziness, explosive diarrhea, and salt poisoning. Mm -hmm. So in 2017, Bruce Wilmot was suffering from advanced pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. His daughter Taylor said said in an interview that her father was really sad and didn't want to die. So Bruce ended up finding this chili juice and since he was desperate, he decided to give it a try. He brewed up several gallons of this juice and began the process frantically. Taylor explained that he drank so much of this juice that at the end it was all that he was consuming, so he wasn't eating anything else and he was just having this juice. Unfortunately, Bruce ended up passing away, and Jillian, the creator of this juice, blamed his death on him not following her protocol closely enough. So she's like, he didn't do this right, that's why he died. Uh, okay. Yeah. She even went on to say that he was beyond saving. Like, oh, he had, like, this far advanced stages of cancer that, like, my miracle juice can cure or whatever. Which is bullshit because she's also claiming it can, like, regrow whims and stuff. Like... And, like, other incurable diseases. Yeah. What? So, while on the show, Dr. Phil, uh, Dr. Phil had two women who claimed that Jilly Juice helped them, and two other women who claimed that the juice caused them nothing but trouble. So Jillian was incredibly rude to the two women who had had trouble with her juice. One woman told Dr. Phil that her kidneys and pancreas hurt, and she had a headache that she couldn't get rid of. 
Her blood pressure was through the roof and she experienced stroke symptoms. The other woman claimed that she had pain, cramps, and felt, and I quote, like there was a spike in my head. After an MRI, the doctor saw that she had actually suffered two strokes. Oh my god. So Jillian had absolutely no remorse for them and told them that those were just symptoms of detoxing. Like, oh, you just have to keep going. That's what the detox feels like. You just keep going until you detox your entire body and you die. Well, okay. She told (laughs) this woman, she's like, you didn't die, so it's fine. Oh my god. Yeah, and then the woman responded by saying, no, I didn't die. Am I supposed to die to prove your theory? And, like, she had no, she kept, like, the late, like, these two women were trying to tell, like, Dr. Phil and, like, the audience, this is our story, this is what happened to us. And she kept, like, interrupting them. And, like, I watched this, because, of course, I did. Oh, yeah. But she kept interrupting them, like, you just didn't do it right. Like, listen here, honey, you're just not doing it right. And then, but these two women who, like, were suffering these strokes, like, told the other women who claimed that Jilly Juice helped them, they're saying, look, we're so glad you found success doing this. We're glad it helped you. Like, the only thing we are asking is for Jillian to say, this might not work for everyone. Like, that is, that was the Mm -hmm. only thing they were asking for. Like, it wasn't like they were, I don't know, suing her or anything. They're like, we just want you to tell people, like, hey, these are things that can happen. Like, it might not be for everyone. But Jillian's like, no, it is for everyone. You're wrong, not me. Uh, So, yeah. It's like, she was basically victim blaming and saying, like, you having strokes is your fault, not mine. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Phil also had an actual doctor on the show to talk about these claims that Jillian was making Dr. on Because Dr. Phil juice. isn't an actual <laughs> Exposed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. The doctor said that her juice didn't even have the foundations to cure, to cure anything or to regrow lost limbs. Unsurprisingly... Jillian refused to listen and was super rude to the doctor also. Yeah. So, like, the doctor was explaining, look, like, our bones and our limbs, we need calcium, we need, like, all these nutritional things. Your juice just has cabbage, water, and salt. Like, that's not going to regrow a limb. Mm-hmm. Oh, also something I found really funny was Dr. Phil would ask her, do you have any, like, medical credentials? And she'd go, well, I spend a lot of time, like, researching on the internet. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? Oh, my God. Uh... So Jillian has a website, as most of us uh-huh. do, uh, in 2019. Uh-huh. So there is an FAQ section, like most websites, and in said FAQ section, there are vague claims interspersed with various facts about water and salt that have been cut and pasted from other websites. Oh, my God. So she just finds, like, I don't know, let's say she goes to Wikipedia and, like, highlights a section about salt, copies and pastes it onto her own Does she give credit? Website. No. That is called plagiarism, and, like, it's illegal, and if you do that in post-secondary and you get caught, like, you'll get kicked out, or if you can also get caught years later, and you can have your, like, degree taken away from you, yeah, etc. Like, if you're caught in university, like, I think it also depends, like, sometimes, most of the times you'll probably get off with a warning, but... Sometimes you just might not, especially if you keep doing it again and, like, results, yeah, from expulsion, and then, like, you won't be admissible to apply to any other university in the world. It's Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, I've heard of, like, doctors getting their doctor stuff taken away. Doctor stuff. I don't know what it's called, but they're, (laughs) (laughs) their stuff taken away, their right to practice, I don't know, Mm -hmm. because they did, like, 
they plagiarize something in yeah. like their fourth year paper. You know, maybe <laughs> it's just because I personally have like the biggest conscience ever, but I don't oh, understand yeah. how people can just do that. Anyway, yeah, she was plagiarizing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's suspected that she did this to make it seem like she had some idea what she was talking about, but obviously she didn't if she was copying pacing. And in a section about the symptoms, she talks about how you should be happy that you're experiencing explosive diarrhea, <gasps> cramping, and other signs that would normally be taken as a sign that you maybe should stop doing whatever it is you're doing. And she's like, oh, that explosive diarrhea, cramping, pain, strokes, those are all signs that the juice is working. Oh my god. Uh, so, in 2018, just last year, Julian received a letter from the Federal Trade Commission, or the FTC, mm-hmm. that stated that spreading false health claims is against the law. What? Did Who they send thought? that letter to Goop? Uh, well, they should. <laughs> uh, so, it's also against the law to make health claims without giving the adequate scientific support at the time the claims are made. They said, and I quote, the FTC strongly urges you to review all of your claims for your products and ensure those are supported by competent and reliable scientific sources. They're basically like, stop with your bullshit. Yeah. The letter also stated that violations of the FTC Act could result in legal action. At this point, Jillian had shut down her private Facebook group, and instead she launched a private website where she charged people $30 to access discussion pages. Wow. Yeah, so then she posted a a Facebook video saying that after getting a new FTC letter, she removed information from her website, but if anyone wanted that information, they could buy her book. She even said, the FTC is forcing me not to give you free information. You gotta buy it. So, like, she's just basically like, oh, the FTC doesn't want, like, you to have this information, so buy it. Like, no, it's bullshit. So... Also, some people who were in her Facebook groups would claim that she would kick anyone out of the groups who questioned her or her product. She would also kick anyone out who talked about the bad things that the Jilly Juice did to them. So yeah, she just kicked them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and on other occasions, people who followed her religiously would gang up on these people and drive them out. So a lot of people, like, she was running the whole thing like it, it was actually a cult. Like, she had no remorse for the people who called out for, or called that called her out or her false advertisement. Also, she herself was banned from Facebook for a while for all of those homo- homophobic claims that her juice turned people straight. Uh, so celebrities like Dr. Phil and YouTubers like Jeff Holiday, Miles Power, and even PewDiePie have talked about the scam and talked about the dangers of chili juice. Yeah. So basically, if it's too good to be true, it is. Also, why the fuck do you want to drink warm cab like warm salty cabbage juice that sounds gross yeah look i'm here for a good time not a long time so even if that thing were to like she even claimed this can juice can help you live to be up to 400 years old like i again i am here for a good time not Not a long long time time. (laughs) i'm gonna have my popeyes while you can have your gross cabbage water let's see so the trade-off would be you get to live for 400 years but you're gonna have explosive diarrhea and crapping and strokes for those four hundred years. Honestly, that sounds like you a, yourself will turn that into sounds a vegetable. Like a, uh, would you rather die young but eat <laughs> all of the I don't know McDonald's and Popeyes or live to be four hundred years old and have to drink this gross cabbage water? I'll die young with my Popeyes. I fucking love Popeyes. Yeah, I was trying to find her uh, group, but I I, I mean a lot it. of them have been shut down. 
And it's just, it really, like, okay, this guy died. Like, have some remorse. Like, you're just like, oh, he just didn't follow protocol. Like, that's why he died. Mm -hmm. That's gross. All right, so. Hit me. (laughs) Smack. (laughs) Spook me. Oh, my tooth is hurting. I need an ice pack. Well, get on my way. Alright. I am ready. Beads? Yeah. They're so cute. It's from the dollar store. <gasps> squish, 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 squish. Sorry. You can apparently put it in the microwave, but I did that once to another one and it exploded. Oh so my I don't want to do God. that again. Okay, yeah, no, let's not do that. Okay, so um my story is about uh, the notorious I'm kidding, he's not notorious because I don't <laughs> think a lot of people know about him. <laughs> notorious for the people who know him. My story is about the Pigeon King. Uh, pigeons from hell. So, I originally heard this story on Wine and Crime, one of my favorite crime podcasts, because they are hilarious. But, um, and I thought Sandy heard it too, because I was like, oh, me and Sandy listen to all the same people. Like, she'll know well, this Well, I did listen to Wine and Crime, but then I stopped, and I don't remember why. I have no clue. Seema listens to them, though. So Maybe I thought, should we start? I thought you mixed stuff with Seema. I mean, if it was on and That's Why We Drink, I for sure would have heard it. But Wine and Crime, yeah, I did listen to them, but I just stopped for whatever reason. I don't remember what happened. Yeah, I don't know. They're buddies, which is cool. Yeah. Loki, what do you want? There's no more treats for you. Loki, chill. Okay, so. Yeah, that's where I heard it originally a year ago was on Wine and Crime. But I loved it so much that Sandy was like, let's do fraud cases. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Oh, wait. The Pigeon King. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Okay. So Arlen Arlen Galbraith grew up near Stoofville, Ontario. Ontario. Hope I said that right. Seema's in Ontario right now. Hi, Seema. You won't be when you listen to this. Yeah, but... probably not. <laughs> so, Stoufville, Stoufville, who knows? It's not too far away from Toronto. And he grew up in a farming family. He also grew up knowing that he wanted to be himself a farmer someday as well. And dropped out of school after 11th grade and bought a farm with his fam jam. Which then went bankrupt in 1980 when Arlen was in his early 30s. Unfortunate. Yeah, I I think that was probably a common thing back then. <laughs> Small farms going yeah, yeah. bankrupt in Canada. Yeah, it was probably enough. And what year was this? It was in the early 1980s. Oh, okay. So, but much before the farm, Arlen had picked up a particularly interesting hobby at the age of six. This hobby was raising and breeding pigeons oh from God. some neighbors. Yeah, his neighbors were like, Hey, little Arlen, come learn how to breed and raise pigeons. Okay. <laughs> Out of all the birds. Right? So after the bankruptcy with the farm, Arlen worked various jo- farm jobs and even raised exotic birds and high-end rabbits for breeding. In February of 1989, his wife was caught up in a big snowstorm on her way to Toronto. Unfortunately, another vehicle slammed into her car, and the accident left her as a quadriplegic. Oh, no. 
Arlen spent years taking care of his wife and their two small children until their separation, a divorce that Arlen never really wanted in the first place. Hmm. Through all the hardships, pigeons always seem to be a constant in Galbraith's life. <laughs> Wait. It just reminded me of this one time when I lived downtown. And you know that pigeon bridge? <laughs> yeah. Like, that, what, they're spending a lot of money to remove all the poop from? Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I was, like, I went out for a run, and I was running underneath, and there was this guy. And, you know, there's some, like, interesting people downtown. Oh, I know. So I was wearing headphones, and I just heard him screaming. Oh, my God. Like, and he was shouting. He was so mad. So I paused my music because I wanted to know, like, who he was screaming at and what he was saying. So he was screaming at these pigeons. And he was going, you pigeons are Satan. All of you are from hell. And he was, like, really oh going at God. it. So now every time I think of pigeons, I think of this man. And, like, all these pigeons were just sitting there kind of staring at him. Doing like, their pigeon thing. Where they yeah. Go, yeah, and just, like, when their heads are kind of, like, tilting. Yeah. And he's just going off. Like, he hates these pigeons. I don't know what they did to piss him off that much. Honestly, it was he was probably caught by caught up in one of Arlen's little schemes. Ah, uh, probably. We'll, we'll right. find out about this man <laughs> later. So, for decades, Arlen was active in Ontario's pigeon racing and pigeon fancying circles. So, he was pretty high up in the pigeon world in Canada. I didn't know there was a pigeon world in Me Canada. Me neither. <laughs> So, pigeon racing is a centuries-old sport, a test of the bird's speed and navigational skills, which is to say a test of humans' ability to breed exceptional birds. Typically, pigeon racers complete, sorry, compete by transporting their flocks long distances, then timing the bird's flight home. Pigeons have been known to travel 700 miles in a day at average speeds of 90 miles an hour, Pigeons usually mate for life and have been known to live for 30 years. 30 years. 30? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's longer than I thought they'd live. Yeah, right? Like, oh. both small animals don't live that long, so. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, in 2001, Mr. Arling began began his new venture as the founder of Pigeon King International. <laughs> A pigeon breeding company. Farmers were to buy a breeding pair of pigeons at prices that range between $100 and $250 a pair under a 10-year contract. Galbraith guaranteed to buy back each chick for $10. A pair of pigeons can raise about 10 offspring a year, so within 12 months to 24 months, the farmers would have earned back their investment. Various other numbers have been quoted up to $500 a pair and $50 per chick. Through ads in farm magazines and mailings, he recruited his first investors. Many were the Mennonites in Waterloo County, southern Ontario. When asked what the point of the pigeon breeding was, he never gave an exact answer. He would say racing pigeons were in demand in the Middle East and Asia, or even told one client that he planned on making pigeon meat, also called squab, the new chicken, instead of a niche taste in America, North America. Um, yeah, apparently people eat pigeons but he wanted to make sure everybody ate pigeons okay that's what he said but why did he mention the pigeon raising in like asia oh uh 
People were asking, like, what's the point of these pigeons? So he's like, pigeon racing in Asia. That's yeah, funny. He's like, they're in high demand in Asia, so I mm. sold them over to Asia for big bucks. And that's why I need pigeons. And that's how I pay you. I was just imagining, like, he was just saying that to be like, that's cool, so you yeah. should get a pigeon. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. He, like, yeah, he would get these farmers to breed pigeons, mm-hmm. and then he would buy back the little chickies, mm-hmm. and he said that he was selling them over to Asia as racing pigeons. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. He's interesting. So he produced a newsletter aptly entitled Pigeon Post, in which he published glowing testimonials. One was from a family that was enduring the hardship of terribly sick children in a rundown property. And then came the pigeons. What a blessing! He referred to himself as the Pigeon Cane and said he developed a new genetic line of pigeons called Strathclyde. I don't know, it's a weird word. Named after his Scottish heritage. He also claimed that he sold pi- racing pigeons to Mike Tyson, the world's, <laughs> <laughs> the world's most famous Pigeon racer, which I am going to guess is not the Mike Tyson we know of, but it's funny to imagine it is. Oh, you know I'm imagining it. (laughs) His motto was, he who does not trust is not to be trusted. My business is built on everlasting trust, which is quite ironic considering the events that were to unfold. The business grew and expanded into the U.S., the United States of America. The Amish and Mennonite communities in Pennsylvania were eager eager to get in, as were Hutterites in Manitoba and other farmers in the American Midwest. One family in particular, after tenuous research, took out a loan of $125,000 to purchase 360 pairs of pigeons at $165 a pair! Oh my god. There's a lot of pigeons. They took out a loan! Of $125,000. Oh my god. I think in American, so like a lot more in Canada. Oh my god. Um, which means those $165 pairs of pigeons were like $200. Well, I guess this was 10 years ago, so who knows. But um, yeah, this found jam, he like visited them and he's like, yeah, if you want some pigeons, let me know. Because he was never forceful about it, which is mm-hmm. interesting. He, like, he was always just really casual and would just, like, come over for coffee. That's how he got them. Yeah, I think so. He didn't seem like a sketchy salesman. Mm-hmm. And that's how he did so well. Because he wasn't pushy. Nothing like that. Um, so they thought about it and they did a bunch of research. And, you know, some of the key points that he mentioned was that it's something that a family could do easily. Like, the kids can help out. Like, they're super easy to take care of and stuff like that. And they had their farm, plus they were working other jobs, and they just didn't have time for family. Uh, so, yeah, they dreamed of having more time together as a family, to have a place for a bedroom for each child, and just a family looking to make modest living. Uh, and that was, you know, a common case of most of his investors, where they were just farmers and family people looking to make mm-hmm. money and be able to have time for their family uh so it wasn't like like they weren't stupid for doing yeah. this there was no warnings against it this was a new yeah. thing yeah lots of people probably just assumed that they were being dumb but really they they they, they weren't they really weren't yeah they were just scammed mm-hmm. so as the business grew pigeon king became more precarious but it also appeared more credible. 
By late 2007, hundreds of breeders were making thousands of dollars a year selling pigeons back to Galbraith. In December of 2007, the Globe and Mail newspaper reported that in six years, the company has signed up 700 farmers across Canada and the United States. Its network includes around 100,000 birds, and the company claims to be the second largest pigeon breeder in the world, which I'm surprised they're not the largest pigeon breeder in the world. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't hear much about pigeon Exactly. So in 2007, Tom Miller, an attorney general from Iowa... Is that how you say it? Iowa. 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 I did like the way you pronounced that. (laughs) Iowa. I have no room to talk. I'm from Saskatchewan, so it's like the most unpronounceable word ever. Whatever. That place. Somewhere. (laughs) He suggested that, well, he released a statement telling spectators to examine the situation very carefully before investing into Pigeon King International. (laughs) If this world really has, or he wanted them to question if this really, he wanted them to question if this world really had a need for pigeons or nah. I mean, like, fair. Like, you just, just contemplate for a second. Um, do you really think the world needs thousands of pigeons brought every year? And, uh, especially racing pigeons? <laughs> do you see every kid on the block racing their pigeons? This reminds me of my great aunt who has this weird obsession with birds. <laughs> like, every time you walk into her house, like, her whole house is decorated with, like, bird stuff. And every time that my dad or my uncles go back to Mexico, all they do is, like, go to Valley Village and get her something with a bird on it. Yeah. Because she just loves birds. That's funny. And she has, like, a ton, like, in her, like, you know, like, in Mexico when they have, like, those, like, the bars and then there's kind of, like, a little driveway? Okay, yeah. she has tons in her driveway. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what her thing is. And then, like, for her daughter's, um bachelorette party the party favors were little bird cages which i find like really weird for a bachelorette party that's funny but anyway i just like every time i think i just kind of associate her with birds Mm -hmm. i like birds from a distance yeah like i don't love them enough to have my house no in like decorated memorabilia i kind of grew up with uh, family members and like my babysitters had birds and stuff and they honestly freaked me out being up close to them. And my family raised chickens, but I hate chickens. I hate <laughs> them. I hate them with a passion. That's funny. They're fucking demons. <laughs> I feel like everybody who has raised chickens says that about chickens. I fucking hate chickens. So it must be a common thing. So, after these um, warnings from Tom Miller, the police began to investigate the company going bankrupt in 2008. Oh, no, those, that was not one sentence. So the police began to investigate. <laughs> then the company went bankrupt in 2008, and charges were laid against Mr. Galbraith two and a half years later, leading to court dates in 2013. He had conned 1,000 farmers across 20 states and oh five provinces, God. which means there was, there was likely people from Saskatchewan who were conned. So Probably. if you or someone you know was conned by... The Pigeon King International. <laughs> Email us. Let us know, please. I bet that guy that was under the bridge screaming at pigeons was definitely you know what? caught. Probably. I should have asked. Yeah. So, 
Pigeon Cane International made $42 million, but would have had to pay back over $356 million in buying back birds, and would have had to raise $1.5 billion to pay back all investors in total, like, for all losses and stuff. Okay. $1.5 billion. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. Interestingly enough, over the seven years, Galbraith always picked up the baby pigeons on time and never broke a contract or missed a payment. Mm -hmm. Many investors made well over six figures from the pigeon farming. So, yeah, lots of people argue. They're like, is he really a con artist if he was, you know, he was always there. He he did what he said he was gonna do. It's just the company, like, kind of blew up and got out of portion you know like he, mm-hmm. un, uncontrollable um he ended up representing himself in court stating that it was never his intention to cause any harm or to be a fraud but that he just wanted to bring smiles to people's faces and help them in their hard times but the jury did not buy it they said that this wasn't just a failed company but a lack of common sense he was convicted in 2014 for fraud with a seven-year prison term prison term so he's still in jail. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like people aren't like because the people who are affected by it aren't necessarily like mad at him. Like these, I seen this one interview with these people were like, we would invite him over for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't hate him. I mean, like we're just disappointed. I mean, it's super interesting because. I don't know, I kind of believe him when he's like, I didn't mean to cause harm. I don't know. I think it's... But I also get what the jurors meant by it. Yeah. lack of common sense. Because, no, yeah. Like, the, it got to the point where he wasn't going to be able to, like, pay people back and stuff. And, like, you know, you can crunch numbers in your head. You know that that's going to happen at some point. I, I mean, know. like, I'm bad at math, but even I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he was, he was running a pyramid scheme, pretty much. Um, yeah. Or a Ponzi. That's what they call it. Ponzi. Ponzi scheme. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Mm-hmm. But here's a little tidbit for you. King George I of England declared that all pigeon poop belonged to the crown. Okay, I don't want it. <laughs> this was because the Joffins contained salt pitre, salt pit, salt pitre, an essential ingredient in the making of gunpowder. Okay, all the power to you. You right? Like, you can have the pigeon poop. Seeing as Saskatoon's paying like a shit ton of money to <laughs> clean up that bridge. Yeah, maybe they should it. just sell it to the queen. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that, like, included Canada and all our pigeon poop was also belonged by the Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, So, yeah. What do you think of the pigeon king, Sandy? That was a good story. (laughs) It's so funny. Super weird. I loved it. Yeah. Trying to think of other scams. Oh, there was that fire festival. Oh my god, fire festivals. That was fun. We want to talk about a scam. Talk about fire festival. <laughs> that was a great time. Yeah, <laughs> when you weren't there. Oh yes, I watched both documentaries. Even though we don't have Hulu, I dug and I found. Oh, I didn't see that second one. The Hulu documentary. He's like, like Billy. He's in it, 
And he's, like, lying through the whole thing. He's like, I didn't lie once. Like, show me, like, any part where I lied. And then, like, they played a montage of, like, the times he was lying in that interview. That's so funny. Yeah, that was very interesting. Like, their privilege was showing so badly the whole time. I watched the, um, one on Netflix. Yeah, I watched that one, too. And, yeah, their privilege. Just imagine being the, like, people there. That would suck. And being, like, terrified. Yeah, that's so true. It would have been so scary. They said, like, that first night when the campsites were, like, basically destroyed. Mm-hmm. But, um, they said people were just, like, crying all through the night. Like, no, like people didn't sleep. It was like Lord of the Flies out there. Yeah. That's my thoughts. It'd be like the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Like, people were wrecking tents so that people yeah. didn't have places to sleep. Or they yeah. didn't want, like, people beside them. Yeah. Which is also, like, super privileged. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, why? You're all in this together. Like, I mean, I feel like in that situation, like, who knows what you'd be thinking and, like... I'd be building a team. I'd be building a force. I'd be like, Lord this of the is flies. my group. We are getting weapons. We are finding <laughs> food and shelter. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> And then we'd, we'd each have, like, it'd be, like, Survivor, and we'd each have, like, these planes on a stick. Like, <laughs> you've betrayed the tribe. And then put out their, like, stick flame. <laughs> you've been voted off the island. Just, like, kick them into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. You can go over to them. It's just a pile, like, a people standing beside, like, a trash can or something. <laughs> that is your new home. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but that documentary, like, the whole time, I'm like, how did you think you were going to pull all this off? Like, you did no planning at all. Every time someone's like, hey, let's plan this, you were like, no. (laughs) Let's drink and party instead. Yeah, it was awful. Um, Like, and then there was a a few of the guys who were, like, genuinely wanted it to happen and were using their expertise to try to make it happen, but kind of got, like, conned into it all and stuff too I felt bad for them yeah that was a guy ready we're ready to suck dick for oh my god that was crazy (laughs) I love that it became a meme (laughs) (laughs) when was the last time you went above and beyond for a job oh my god (laughs) so true um I thought like when they had Pablo Escobar's island yeah because, like, man, that would have been, like, such a great place to have but it. But they ruined it. But, yeah, he had to open his, blurb his big, fat mouth. Yeah, after he was told not to. Yeah, he screwed it over for God. Everyone. Yeah, even the one guy had an idea to have everybody on the cruise ships rather than tents. Yeah. I'm like, that is so smart, please. That's better than this stupid idea. And yeah. then Billy's like, no. No, we're all sleeping in tents on the beach. Yeah, I was like, oh, you get this villa and it's great. It's like, What? Oh, and the poor restaurant lady. I know. I cried for her. But then, like, that GoFundMe, and it, like, raised more money than, like, was expected, and they paid her, and I'm like... Yeah. Justice has been served. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, that was a ride. That was. I could watch a million Fire Festival documentaries. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I remember when it was going on, the pictures of, like... The bread, cheese, and lettuce, yeah. or whatever. 
I was like, okay, I'm glad, glad I wasn't there. there. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening. Do you have any scams? Let us know. Have you, <laughs> have been, you scammed? been scammed? Are you a scammer? Are, are you, were you scammed by the Pigeon King? Fire Festival? Anything, really. Let us know. Yeah. Um, you can always, you know, shoot us a message on Instagram at the Woods Podcast. Or you can tweet at us at Woods Podcast. Don't forget our email. It's um, thewoodspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us over your promo if you have one of those. We'd always love to play it on the show. And uh, if you want a review or if you have a suggestion for a podcast that we should be into, let us know that as well. I'd like to thank Jason Shaw for our theme, Running Waters. Shouts out, Jason Shaw. Keep on rocking. <laughs> <laughs> and Loki says, thanks for listening and bye-bye. We'll see you next.